an off-ramp in the Middle East. The lead starts right now. Breaking news. A ceasefire agreement after more than a week of carnage in the Middle East and after President Biden began to take a much tougher tone publicly with the Israelis. And after Mitch McConnell turns tail and takes cover behind Donald Trump, will enough Senate Republicans vote in favor of a commission to investigate the deadly attack on their own workplace? Plus, Newly obtained two-year-old body cam video shows Louisiana state troopers tasing, beating, and dragging a black man during a deadly arrest, none of which was mentioned in their initial report. Welcome to The Lead. I'm Jake Tapper. And we begin with breaking news, a ceasefire agreement between Israel and Hamas. Israel says it has agreed to a mutual ceasefire agreement and a senior Hamas leader has confirmed to CNN that the group, which the State Department labels as terrorist, has also agreed. Israel says the ceasefire will go into effect at a time to be agreed upon later. This comes after 11 days of deadly fighting. We're covering this from Israel to Washington, D.C. Let's start with CNN senior diplomatic editor Nick Robertson, who's on the ground in Ashdod, Israel. Nick, what are you learning? A ceasefire that's been brokered by Egyptian officials. The details of it are not clear, except that it's expected that the ceasefire should come into effect in three hours' time from now. We've just uh, got a very short statement here from Benny Gantz, Israel's uh, defense minister, and he says um, the security forces, Israel's security forces, have achieved unprecedented military achievements in the last 11 days in their strength, accuracy, strategic significance in the fight against terrorist organizations in the Gaza Strip. He goes on to say the defense establishment continues its readiness to protect Israeli citizens and the security forces and the IDF are deployed in the field in all formations in various sectors in defense and in attack. Fifteen minutes ago, sirens were going off uh, close to Gaza. We could hear impacts in the distance. Uh, it, this is all dependent on Hamas's weapons falling silent before 2 a.m. local, three hours from now. If they don't, um, Israel is indicating this is on again. They will strike Hamas back. And Nick, what can you tell us about reaction on the ground to this news? Uh, you know, Jake, about two hours ago, sirens went off. We went into the uh, bomb shelter of this, uh, in this hotel, uh, and I'm, I'm giving you that background because in there I spoke to a lady live on CNN uh, and asked her what she thought about what she wanted the prime minister to do while he was meeting with that security cabinet. She said she wanted the strikes to continue. She lives in the south part of Israel. She is worried about uh, Hamas's strength and more rockets coming from Gaza. She's not alone. A lot of people around here will tell you that. They want to feel secure. They want their government to make them feel secure. And they believe the way to do that is to continue to hit Hamas until they can't strike back. I asked, what about the civilian casualties in Gaza? Uh, her answer on that was, was uh, along the lines of, we need to be secure. Um, they need to understand that, you know, Hamas is using uh, their territory to launch attacks here. All right, Nick, thanks so much. Stay safe. Let's turn to CNN's chief White House correspondent, Caitlin Collins. Now, Caitlin, President Biden is expected to have some reaction to this news. He is once the White House has confirmed it. So, Jake, it appears they have not confirmed it yet. I think there's a lot of phone calls probably happening right now. But we are told we will get a statement 
from President Biden once the White House has confirmed that this this, this ceasefire is actually happening. And this comes after just, you know, a, an, about an hour ago, we were in the same room as President Biden as he was signing that hate crimes bill. And we asked if he was confident a ceasefire was going to come today. He did not respond to those questions, Jake. But I think one sign that the White House felt that this is something that could happen is earlier today, he spoke with the Egyptian president for the first time since taking office. And of course, the Egyptians played a key role in securing a ceasefire back in 2014. That was the last time we saw violence as bad as what we've seen over the last 10 and 11 days. And so they spoke there about getting a ceasefire, securing one. They agreed to stay in touch, the Egyptians and the Americans, about getting toward this. And the White House wouldn't say earlier, Jake, if they felt like they had made that progress that Biden had called for during that phone conversation with Netanyahu yesterday, where he said that he wanted to see significant de-escalation on the path to a ceasefire. And so we are waiting to hear from them, Jake. We should note, we do not believe there have been any other conversations between the Israelis, between Israeli Prime Minister and President Biden directly since that blunt phone call yesterday, which we were told was probably uh, one of the most frank and candid ever since Biden has taken office. And those calls have been happening between the two of them, uh, really giving you a, an indication of his growing impatience with the violence that was happening and wanting it to come to an end. Yeah, and, and sources tell me that the White House yeah. officials were determined to not have this conflict last as long as the one in 2014 between Israel and Hamas. That one lasted 50 days. This is 11. Hopefully the ceasefire will hold. What are your sources telling you about Biden's shift in tone and whether or not uh, he thinks that is a reason for the ceasefire? Well, I think that he's hoping that that was what was going to what was going to happen because he, remember, he had been pretty quiet for a few days, not calling for a ceasefire, even though lawmakers were pressuring him to do so. You were seeing several U.S. allies try to call for one. And one key part of that, Jake, was that they were worried about calling for a ceasefire, pressuring Netanyahu to impose a ceasefire and then not getting one, because essentially then you lose the leverage uh, to still call for one as a major ally of Israel. I do think, Jake, going forward, even if this ceasefire is confirmed by the White House, there are going to be big questions about what this looks like with policy going forward inside the Democratic Party, because what the last several days have shown is there is a big rift inside the Democratic Party over how to have a favorable stance toward Netanyahu, with several progressives telling Biden, even to his face, as you saw with Rashida Tlaib in Michigan the other day, that they want him to be more critical, even though he has had a very favorable stance towards Netanyahu for decades in his political career. All right, Caitlin Collins, thanks so much. Appreciate it. We're joined now by CNN Global Affairs analyst Aaron David Miller. He's a former State Department Middle East negotiator, also with us in studio, CNN chief political analyst at Gloria Borger. Aaron, let me start with you. Your reaction to this ceasefire agreement? Uh, great for the people of Gaza, for sure, if it holds, and for the people of Israel. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that it was a combination of Biden's honey standing by the Israelis for the first period of this and vinegar the application of pressure over the last 48 hours that led the Israelis to stand down. I think this would have continued for several days longer. And as long as it did continue, you really risk the chance of a mass casualty event on either side. Mr. Netanyahu wanted a big political victory, perhaps the killing of Mohammed Daif, who they've long sought to get rid of. And Hamas was looking for a end of conflict spectacular, hopefully, all of that's going to be avo avoided and this ceasefire will hold. But last point, ceasefires are made to be broken. So let's see what the reality on the on the ground plays out in this. And Aaron, just to follow here, according to the Israelis, the ceasefire is going to start at a time to be determined later. Uh, does that surprise you? Well, it's worrisome 
I mean, Hamas issued a statement that this was a, multi, um, a mutual and simultaneous ceasefire. They wanted to avoid the, the reality that they would go first or the political problem that they would go first. The fact that it's supposed to take effect in three hours and you had a statement from the Israelis indicating uh, TBD is concerning. But again, you could go through a few false starts on this before it's secured. I hope that's not the case, but it certainly is possible. And Gloria, President Biden has been increasing the pressure, yep. especially privately, but a touch publicly, not really all that much, though, uh, on Netanyahu to negotiate a ceasefire. I, my sources have been telling me that the Biden philosophy is don't get into a big, ugly public spat with Netanyahu because you lose influence with him. That's what happened with Obama. Uh, so assuming the ceasefire holds, did this work? Yeah, I, if it holds, of course, it you know is the big question. But I think what the White House has been talking about, and we've heard them say it for days now, is quiet, intense diplomacy. Nothing with Joe Biden is quiet, but I can guarantee you it was pretty intense. And you saw how it ratcheted up over the last uh, number of phone calls. And we got readouts about it every day. And you see that, that Biden did not want to get into a kind of a spat like Barack Obama did uh, with Netanyahu. You'll remember Netanyahu came to the floor of the House and railed against the Iran nuclear deal yeah. right here. I think Biden went through that. They've had their issues, but they know how to talk to each other. And he also let him know, I'm sure, that the Democratic Party has changed tremendously and that he may not have the support he once thought he had in Congress. Yeah. And Aaron, take us through the take us inside these negotiations. How, how does a ceasefire agreement such as this one come together? Well, it's not a traditional media. Oh, we lost Aaron. Let me, uh, Gloria, until we get Aaron back. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this has been one of Biden's first and biggest foreign policy tests. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that it, it, he has distinguished himself, again, regardless of whether or not mm -hmm. the ceasefire holds, uh, as as different from his former boss, President Obama. Well, he has a lot more experience in this, quite frankly, uh, from day one. Don't forget, chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee, former vice president, understands how to talk to foreign leaders. Bibi Netanyahu is a known quantity to Joe Biden. So they can be very frank with each other. And I think what we saw was starting out, OK, Bibi, this isn't this isn't what we want. We've got to figure out a way for this to end. He had to find a way for Netanyahu to get to yes, I think. And if he had made a big public kerfuffle about this, it could have backfired on him because Netanyahu might have flexed his muscle more. So I think that Biden was clearly and his foreign policy team were clearly calculating about the best way to get to a ceasefire. And they were coming under a lot of pressure, as you know, from Democrats like Bernie Sanders, who were saying, you've got to do this. You've got to you've got to make this stop. So he did it. He did it in his own way, on his own timetable. He also I mean, I think it, we can't overstate uh, that he was under pressure from not just the far left progressives right. like Rashida Tlaib uh, and other progressives who I think it's questionable even if they think Israel has a right to exist. Right. Uh, but but more moderate senators uh, like Tim Kaine, uh, even like Chuck Schumer, uh, people who traditionally support Israel, who didn't want to watch again as Israel conducted airstrikes on Gaza in a way that these Democrats perceive to be disproportionate. Right. Exactly. Disproportionate. And I think that 
That is exactly what Biden was probably telling Netanyahu, that there's no blank check here, that there has to be accountability here. People are seeing these pictures. People are seeing what's going on. And I am not Barack Obama. I am Joe Biden. And you can talk to me about this and we can get to a place where we can come to some agreement. So it's it's very different from the Obama administration when basically Bibi Netanyahu thumbed his nose at Barack Obama. I don't think he's going to do that at Joe Biden. He doesn't have the supporter all in all the time that he had with Donald Trump, obviously. Uh, so Biden's going to be more nuanced in his attitude and his foreign policy. Yeah. Two guys who have been on the world stage for a long time. We yep. can't forget uh, that Biden was first elected to the Senate in 1972. Gloria Borger, thanks so much. Aaron <laughs> David Miller, sorry for the technical problem. Police body cam video that took two years to surface showing a savage attack on a black man during a deadly arrest. Why was this video not released sooner? And Dr. Fauci giving new hints about when you might need your booster COVID shot. Stay with us. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.